Hello, I'm Brad Spencer, your host, and welcome back to The Faith Connection. Again, this is part two. We have Debbie Henson with us. She's one of our church members, and we shared in our last teaching. You don't want to miss that. You want to go back and find it. It's going to be on YouTube. We're on Roku, Fire Stick, 52 platforms. But you want to go back and listen to part one because she shares how God opened her blind eye. Her right eye was completely blind and God opened it up. She had blood clots threatening her life. All of those blood clots disappeared. I mean, she's got some wonderful testimonies, but we're also going to share an emotional uh, healing or miracle, really, because right, it was right. instantaneous that God did in her life because she was she was abused. And, you know, some of you might have gone through abuses as uh, children. and But this is for you because what God did for Debbie... He wants to do for you. And I've been there myself. So, Debbie, thanks for coming and being here. Thanks for, for having two. me. Thank you. We're glad to have you. We're excited about what, what God has done. So just share. Talk to us. Okay. So at the, I was abused, molested. Let's just, it's molested. I was molested from the time I was three till the time I was 18. Uh, the molestation, and I'm sure that there are some of you that can relate to parts of this, was horrendous. It was, you couldn't even comprehend. As a three-year-old, you don't even know what's really going on. And as you get a little bit older, you comprehend a little bit more and you know that something is just not right. So during this abuse, uh, I had flashbacks. I would see things and uh, dreams and horror. It was just terrifying. And because of the threats, I couldn't tell anybody. And you were threatened by the abusers. Yes, I was threatened. To keep your silence about right, them. Right, absolutely. And, you know, once again, I'm a child. I don't have anybody to talk to. Uh, molestation and abuse was not common in the 50s. That well, You didn't well, talk about that. Well, if it that. was, nobody right, talked right. about it. You didn't talk about it. You Children yeah. weren't warned about this. We, we weren't warned about no up. secrets. Right, yeah, it was covered up. And so I was really, really excited when... I turned six and I could go to school. I was so excited because, hey, the abuser cannot get to me in a public school. And I'm not sure what triggered me, but here I am, a six-year-old little girl in school, first time ever, nobody to talk to, no friends, and something triggered me. And whether it was because there was a first grader whose name was the same as my abuser, uh, when they call, you know, the roll call, they call the roll call in school, right? Or something else. But I was distracted and I was just seeing this horror in my mind of what happened and trying to figure it out. And I did not hear the teacher call my name over and over and over until she slapped that big old, you know, the big old wooden rulers, right? She slapped it on my desk right in front of me, scared me. And I looked up at her and she said, I want you to share with this class what was so important that you could waste their time. It's a secret. I can't tell. I, I, I can't. I can't. So because I ref when she told me, she kept insisting, I just went like this and raised my, don't do that in school. We don't get you in trouble. I shrugged my shoulders, and she marched me to the front of the class. And there in front of the class, she took my little hand, and tears are running down my face. Because I do want to tell somebody, but I, I can't tell anybody. And all the little children are pointing and laughing and snickering 
I'm sure that some of y'all can relate to that. And she continually pounds my palm with that ruler. She was angry. And, you know, I can kind of understand that. And I stood there and cried. And I will tell you that them rulers in those days hurt. Really, They really oh, hurt, yeah. okay? But nothing hurt as bad as my little broken heart. Because here I am. I'm six years old. I have nobody I can share this with. And I have to leave school and probably go back to the... You didn't feel like you could share with your parents? No, absolutely. No, that was that was spe specific in the threat. The oh. parents cannot be, yeah, can't touch that. So can't tell anybody. And we didn't have school counselors that I know of. I mean, you went to school, or if they did, they, I don't know. Not you until know. junior high. Right. So, you know, at, I just I take the beating. I go home. I'm devastated. I have nobody to share with. Uh, I'm terrified because at any moment, the abuser is going to show up and we're going to do whatever. And it's just horrible. And so, but I've said, I'm not going to um, pay attention at school. And then one week there was this horrific, uh, yeah, I, it's just so hard to explain. The molestation that happened was just, uh, it was like a horror movie. And um, I was thinking about it while I was in school, trying to figure out what in the world and I didn't hear her call my name again. And this time, yeah. same thing. You're going to tell this class this time what is so important that you're wasting this class's precious time. And I couldn't tell her. I just couldn't. I, I, it was a secret, and I wasn't supposed to tell. So she drug me up to the front, and this time, she paddled me with, oh, them old-timey paddles. You remember them old-timey paddles? They yeah. weren't playing back in them days. No. They meant business. And she just, I had to bend over her school desk and in front of everybody. She paddled me. And I, what can I do? And once again, you look around, and the kids are laughing, and they don't understand, and nobody understands. And my heart is breaking, just absolutely devastated. And I endured this craziness. And at some point, one day I just decided, oh, I was like, I need some help. And my mom came to pick me up. And I got in the car and she had the radio on. And it was like this man was talking. And he said, do you need a friend? And somebody that you can tell your secrets to, somebody you can trust, somebody who will never, ever tell your secrets to anybody. And he will always be there and he will love you no matter what you've done, no matter what somebody's made you do, he will love you. And I was listening to that and he said, his name is Jesus. And I'm like, I'm getting me some Jesus. I'm going to get me some Jesus. And we lived down the street from a, a church. And on Sunday, I asked my mama, can I walk up here to this little church? And I got my little Bible, and I stuck it under my arm, and she watched me cross the street, and I marched right into that church with one purpose. I was going to get me some Jesus. And I sat down in the back of that church, and I had no nobody. I didn't know nothing, but I heard that man talking about, you can tell your secrets, and he will love you, and no matter what you've done or no matter what's been done to you, he will always be with you. You can tell him anything, and he will be your best friend. And when that man said that, I, uh, a thousand bulls couldn't have kept me from that altar. I'm accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so, the, and, and you know, not only did He give His blood for me to save me and give me salvation, but He gave me something I didn't have. 
And that was somebody that I could trust and somebody I could talk to and somebody that I knew no matter what I did, he would always love me. And he didn't, he didn't hold it against me and he didn't cause me any pain. And so once he became my Lord and Savior, did the abuse stop? No, absolutely not. It did not stop. It continued until I was 18 years of age, and my last molestation was the day that I had my wedding dress on when my abuser molested me while I was in my wedding dress. But you know what? I was never alone anymore. After my second, my paddling at the school, I decided that people could see my forehead, and they knew I'd been molested, and they were talking about me and pointing at me, just like they did when I got when I got paddled and when I got hit with a ruler. And I just became, I just, I didn't want, I was quiet. I was afraid. I was so terrified. But then I had Jesus, and Jesus was there with me. And when things happened I couldn't understand, I'm like, Jesus. And he was there. He loved me. And I also want to interject here. People have asked me, where was Jesus? He was right there when I was getting abused. He was right there when I got molested. He did not forsake me. He did not do this. He gave my abuser free will choice, just like he gave me and you. And my abuser chose to continue to hurt me, to continue to abuse me. And I want to interject here. When we make choices... We have God is, that loves us so much. He gave us the opportunity to make our own free real choices. When we make choices, we're not the only people affected. A lot of people in my life have been affected by my abuse. But I will tell you this. Jesus never left me. If it ain't good, it ain't God. And my molestation was not good. But I spent my life over 50 years take a shower and all of a sudden you see this horror movie of the abuse you suffered when you were a little girl. Be doing something and something triggering. Oh, there's this, something else. And then sometimes stuff just pops up that you didn't even remember. And it's like, where did this come from? And it's like, and, and it, it, it's terrible. And one day at church, Pastor Brad was doing a regular service. It wasn't a healing service. And then he got off on him being abused. And the next thing you know, he's like, have you ever been abused? And before, I think before he even got abused out, I was gone because I knew that was for me. I've been praying for this, and I ran to that altar. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just got a, a word of knowledge by the Spirit of God that, you know, somebody here has been abused, but, you know, God wants to heal th that emotional effect. Right. And so, you know, even though I got saved and I love Jesus, and Jesus was my best friend through all that, He is still my best friend, but it never occurred to me that He wanted to heal that broken little girl. Yeah. You know, I mean, who thinks about that? I mean, it never occurred to me. If you've been broken, if you have some abuse or something in your life, your childhood, Jesus wants that child or adult Completely to have a healed. long life satisfied. And satisfied does not include horror programs in your Thinking head. Thinking about all the abuse. Yeah, no, no. I mean, because it, it is it's torturous, you know. I mean, you could be like, everything's fine in your life, and then bam, there's memory comes up that... That is just crazy. And so Pastor Brad, he's like, you've been abused, come up here. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because I always, I know that the Lord always has something for me, and I'm going after it. And Pastor Brad laid hands on me. He prayed for my healing. And you know, the flashbacks, all the pain, all that stuff went away. But the most, the most wonderful thing is, is that that little girl got healed. She got healed. <laughs> and so I, I don't, I don't have to. 
I don't have to relive that anymore. And the pain and the torment. And I think the torment the is, torment is, the, is worst. the worst. It really is. It really is the worst. Because if you've been abused, then like me, you may or may not have been put into a situation where you were forced to do things that you don't even want to think about. And you had no choice but to do them. And then they bring on the shame. You know, shame is is like one of the devil's that's, tools. That's right, right in there with torment. Right. So the shame of how could I do this or why didn't I tell somebody? And, you know, and the, the, the little child in you just wants to heal, just wants a chance to live life, just wants a chance to have joy. And I'm here to give, to tell you this. After 50 years of being tortured and tormented and, and being quiet like a church mouse and the whole nine yards, I am free. Jesus freed me. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for being obedient. Because if you had not been obedient, uh, who knows where I would be. I would be 65 and, and being tortured. But I'm free. I'm redeemed. And that little girl is healed. And I'm so excited. And I just, yeehaw. I just, Jesus has been so good to me. And he will help you too. I didn't have anybody to help me. I didn't have anybody to come to me and say, don't keep secrets. We don't keep secrets. I didn't have anybody to tell me, Jesus only wants good for you. He doesn't want bad. Right. You know, Jesus loved me. He comforted me. He protected me through all that. But Jesus could not break the word. You know what's ironic? You brought it up in a uh, appreciation card when we had pastor's appreciation. You know, we went to the same high school together. But here I am in high school. I'm lost. I didn't get saved till right after we, a year after we graduated in 77. But isn't it ironic here? You've got those issues now. And here I am. I'm lost. I have I had demonic issues, and uh, and here we were passing in the same hallways in high school, and but God yes. had a plan that later we would come into contact. He'd bring us back together. Yes, and you would be healed. Yes, thank you, Jesus. So before I started going here, coming here, the Lord gave me the revelation of it is written, and if that's how Jesus deals with the devil, then that's how I'm going to deal with him. Absolutely. It is written. written. It's written. And also, the what did you say? The Shushamite? Is that how you say it? The Shunammite woman. The Shunammite woman story in the Bible where her little kid was dead, and yet she said, all is well, all is well, all is well. I'm like, there's a lesson in that. And then, you it know, is. of course, by his stripes, we were healed. And that means physically, emotionally, emotionally. spiritually, mentally, financially, however you need it. By his stripes, we were healed. And I wanted a, a church and a pastor that would believe like me that if Jesus, if the Bible says it, it's happening, it's mine, I want it. That's, you know, I mean, he promised it. He died for that. And so I wanted, and it, it is written, and I wanted a pastor in a church that if the doctor said I can never see again, but Jesus said both of my eyes see, then I want somebody to stand there with me. And I, I was invited to this church and there's this young man I went to school with who is now my pastor. And Pastor Brad believes like me, if Jesus said it, it is so. It is there. It's kind of like a check. I'm going to cash my check. I'm not going to leave it laying on the table. There you if go. Jesus wrote me a check for healing. I want that. I'm running as fast I can to get that thing cashed. And so I have a pastor now who believes like I believe. And it is amazing. It's so comforting to stand on the word with somebody that stands on it worth with you when i couldn't help you back in high school i couldn't help myself back in high school but god knew yes. uh i knew when i was 16 when jesus appeared to me 
I knew the call was there, but I, I ran from the call. Right. I rejected the call, figured right. I'd blown the deal, didn't realize, you know, the gifts and callings are without repentance. But um, one year after high school, I'm saved, and my life has taken a new course. But even back in high school, God knew. Yes. He had a plan. There was a day he was going to heal you yes. of all of the emotional abuse you, right. that you had gone through. Right. And because of your free will choice to do finally what he said, you know, finally, finally I'm sorry. No, I didn't right. mean it like that. No. I'm so sorry. No, no, Forgive me. I'm sorry. You're totally right. But yeah, so because I probably could have used you when I was 16, okay? You know, I still had two more years. But no, so uh, that because you did that, uh, we are here now, yeah. right? And uh, you made that free will choice to do that, and your choice affected not only my life, but my life. I mean, like, wow, my life is just like, yeehaw, it's just changed so much because of your choice. And I think it's important that everybody know that we have the, the privilege from the Father to make a yes. free will choice. And if somebody makes a free will choice, somebody else is going to get hurt like me, right? right? But he didn't do it. God didn't do it. If it's he's, not good, he's, he's it ain't God. Ain't that right? He's here to help. And if you're watching right now here on the Faith Connection, you've listened to Debbie's testimony of how God healed all that abuse and all the, all of that torment that uh, like Debbie went through. You've gone through it if you've been abused. You understand. And, you, and if you're not careful, you think this is now a permanent part of my life, but it doesn't have to no. be. God by His Spirit yes. wants to reach down into the recesses of your emotions and heal you of all of that torment brought about by abuse. And uh, we want you to be healed today. Yes. Debbie and I are going to pray for you. We're going to speak God's miracle healing yes. provision into your life and get that little boy and that little girl healed. Yes. Join with me. Oh. Father, right now, those that are watching The Faith Connection who have been abused by others and who have gone through the shame, they've gone through the torment, the agony that yes. the, the abuse brought on that has so impacted their life in a negative way, impacted their relationships. You're so much bigger than that. By His stripes, yes. we were healed. That includes emotional healing. I speak miracle healing into the lives of those who have been yes. abused yes. And the shame and the torment yes. must go yes. in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now yes. that you've got your hands yes. on their lives. Yes. And you're healing all of that brokenness and that torment and shame will never come back. And we just want to thank you for doing it in yes. Jesus' name. name. Amen. All right, you want to have a final Yeah, I do want to say one thing. So whatever, I want you to know, if you've been abused, you are precious to Jesus. He, you are precious. You're his Amen. precious, precious child. You are good enough. You are wonderful. You are amazing. You are called according to a wonderful purpose. Be that person that I didn't have. I'm going to be that person for you guys, and then you guys be it for other people. But don't you believe that lie that you're broke, that you're... Uh, not perfect because you are a precious child of the Most High God, and He loves you and He cherishes you, and you are the, the you are His treasure, and you're important. And don't let any voices let you know that 
that you're less than enough because, trust me, you're not. A precious Savior hung upon a cross and died a horrible, horrible death so that you could have peace, joy, salvation, and miracles. And trust me when I say, yee-haw, life gets good. Amen. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you for being with us, Debbie. <laughs> Remember, just like always, we're here to help you make your faith connection today. Amen. Amen.